0: Sri Sri Daji Gopal ke jai, Sri Sri Gaur Nita hai ke jai, Sri Gaur Madhava ke jai, Gaur Guru Parampara ke jai, Gaur Bhaktavinda ke jai, Gaur Premanandi, Well, good evening everyone. just like to ask for questions tonight, see where that takes us. Any questions?
1: Yes. Good morning. Um, recently, I saw um, such situation on uh, social media that a couple of devotees wrote something about another devotee, which was true. Like he cheated them and what not. So they were kind of warning other devotees but then others protested like you cannot do such a thing in public so what would be the proper way to say that uh, to the art and kind of warn other devotees that someone might be inclined to cheating the devotees like using the fact that they are devotees for many years Many people know them that they could just borrow money
0: and not even bet and stuff like that. What would be a proper way to react to such a situation? What would be a way to re- a proper way to react to this, such a situation that a devotee was abusing his position as a devotee to embezzle other people, yeah. basically? Well, well, uh, that doesn't sound very good, does it? Um, I would warn my friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, if uh, he was in my orbit, uh, I don't. I don't know if I would. You know, I don't think I would make a public statement to the whole world necessarily. Um, but I don't know circumstances that that some felt uh, warranted that. Um, but I think th- th- uh, maybe the larger issue that you uh, seek to ad- address with your question is uh, where is there a place for um, pointing out faults in uh, in devotees? Is there no place? Um, or is there a place? And um, I think that... Uh, there are different uh, statements uh, by uh, previous charges in in our, our line in that in that regard. Bishop um, uh, Nalchego tends to be very liberal, um, with theologically uh, speaking. Um, for example, he'll emphasize the efficacy of bhakti with regard to its ability to destroy karma um, to the point that it sounds like the minute you chanted in your sleep, all your karma was gone. Um, if you read carefully everything he says, which would be hard to do because he's been quite prolific, you would come to a more balanced uh, perspective. But even in that, it tends to be what I would say like theologically liberal and almost um bordering on what's called anti Nomain. so it's it's like hey say that you believe in Jesus and you're saved you know it's a little over the top you know uh, kind of a perspective but I always looked at um, that type of emphasis on his part as being an emphasis on the efficacy of bhakti on the efficacy of of of, of Hadinam hmm that, uh, for example, with regard to Nam, that we are told, um, if we uh, consider that the statements about the efficacy of Nam are exaggerations, that it becomes an offense. There are statements that chanting one name you can become freed from more sins than than you could commit, or something like that. Um, And so, um, he seems to, to want to speak in such a way that there's less opportunity or less chance that someone is going to make, um, that offense. And similarly, with the efficacy of bhakti over gyan, over yoga, um, to bring people on, 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 on board, so to speak, um, and, uh, that said, you, you can find others even even prior to him, Sanatana, Jiva Goswami. They make more have made more conservative and uh, statements in that regard. Uh, how Jiva Goswami might comment on, for example, the Gita verse, and how Vishvanatha would are uh, there would be some difference. Or it's the verse that says that if a devotee behaves badly, but he's he's my devotee, then he's still a sadhu, you know, that kind of a statement of the Gita. It's a very emotional statement of Krishna at the end of the, near the end of the ninth chapter, which is all about Ananya Bhakti, Analloyed Bhakti, and so forth, and he's talking about his devotees, and he he gets pretty um, pretty enthusiastic about his, uh, expressing his love for his devotees. He makes a strong strong statement but then again we don't want to think it's an exaggeration but there are ways to temper it also and and uh um because leaning too much on that side can sometimes make it difficult um um for others to fully embrace it when they're faced with circumstances that uh really are um troublesome traumatic uh dangerous hmm. even uh, someone who's a devotee acts out of character in a way that is harmful uh, to others and um, it's become a habitual uh, type of behavior then you really might feel warranted to you know point that out uh, if, he, if someone asks you, you know this guy said he wanted to come over, you know, and, and <laughs> whatever. Well, you know, and just to say, well, okay, you know, and I don't want to say anything. You, you Leaning on that side, you you it might cause the opposite effect of what persons like, chariots like Vishwanath Chakritak or Chavitakur arguably want, wanted to do. They don't want to cause the opposite effect. They want to cure one problem, but it might create another problem. And so there's room for discussion and so forth. There's also something to be said for the, for the idea that not everybody's qualified to criticize and criticism of oneself is a good way to exercise one's critical uh, nature. And if you haven't sufficiently criticized yourself, then what position do you have to criticize others? But then again, this may be with regard to more subtle issues rather than a very blatant um, issue uh, or, or character defect or uh, behavior, hmm? behavior or, or, let's say, teaching, hmm? and so forth. So, you know, on, on, we, we find, for example, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Talk, Thakur, in an environment where they felt it necessary to critique the tradition that they were in. Hmm? And... Uh, energized, really, and commissioned by Bhakti Vinod, who is a kind of like the in like a needle with his critique of the tradition and Bhakti Siddhanta under his order out like a plow, a type of, you know, that analogy? Hmm? If you were to take a needle and stick it in your stomach, it would make a small hole. But if once it was in your stomach, the end of the needle expanded like a plow, and then you pull it out, it'd make a huge hole. So there's a saying, in like a needle, out like a plow. So Bhakti Vinod was in like a needle, and Bhakti Siddhanta was out like a plow, and the difference was so big that people sometimes said, oh, he's not a follower of Bhakti Vinod. You know hmm? But if you look carefully, he was putting into uh, practice things that uh, were intended to address issues of concern on the part of Bhakti Binotaku, who was now in a position to interface with the with the uh, um, modern world and represent uh, Gaudi Vaishnavism, and uh, as enthusiastic as about it as he was, and what 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 the potential, what 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 the I- insights of Gaudi Vaishnavism amounted to that. Could uh, uh, um, uh, constitute a significant philosophical theological voice, if you will, uh, was one thing. But at the same time, if you then go, great, that sounds great, and then you look <laughs> and you find uh, the environment, say in 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 Bengal and even in the Dam and avadweep didn't uh, didn't. Measure up to, in, let's say, basic standards of morality or um, um, a comprehensive understanding, even of the tattva on the part of so-called teachers. I mean, these are the kind of things that they uh, seem to have experienced, and 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 um, and there is some historical, you know, support, you know, for that, and then try to. Uh, remedy with innovation and so on and so forth. So they were certainly critiquing um, the uh, the tradition. They were very qualified people. Hmm? Also, again, there's something to be said for, am I qualified? But then again, on some level, yeah. <laughs> Not on the, every level, but on some level, y- y- you may be. So, um, as I say, you can find kind of statements on, either side but you have to kind of look at them what what the intention behind them is what the purpose behind them is Um, if you if you want to write in such a way as to make an emphasis on becoming free from fault-finding then you're going to emphasize in a particular way and you're gonna write in a particular way and uh, you know be like a bee not like a fly bees are attracted to honey and flies are attracted to stool and the faults in others, if you become preoccupied with them, they'll become your faults. Hmm? And so, there's something to be said for that. But is it the whole story? Hmm. You can find later addressing another circumstance, and you know something something that seems to be contradictory might be said, but it's relative to the to the circumstance that's that's different or unique. uh, and doesn't um, fall within the general principle of not fault finding, and it's it re- and it requires what we might call constructive criticism or sattvic criticism. So that's another point, right? That there's criticism in the mode in the mode of ignorance, there's criticism in the mode of passion, there's criticism in the mode of goodness, and there's transcendental criticism. So. In the mode of ignorance, people criticize just to criticize. Hmm? That's what they do. In the mode of passion, people criticize others so they can, by by which they think they feel better about themselves. Hmm? He's like that. She's like that. They're like that. They're like that. Therefore, I'm better. It doesn't. It the math doesn't add up, but it it does in the Rajasic mind. Hmm? Sattvic criticism then is a, is a constructive criticism, hmm? and obviously it requires someone who is you know ha- has the ability to be constructive and and so forth, um, and um, and then of course there's transcendental criticism, and we find. The coward boys criticizing Krishna, Gopis criticizing Krishna, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Soda criticizing Krishna, mm-hmm. so forth. Um, so, uh, I think you know we have to look at uh, the unique circumstances and draw from a wealth of of teaching on on the subject. And you know, all said and done, I so I think there's there's definitely a place for speaking out. We, we may also look, let's say, uh, we may observe a principle that, um, and consider that only qualified pe- persons should criticize. I'm not qualified. So let me speak to a qualified person about something rather than just to everybody. Let me speak to a qualified person and confide in them. This is what I experienced and i'm concerned about that but i place it in your hands you're a much more qualified person then you can you can do both things hmm? you can criticize and not criticize at the same time then you can leave the responsibility and and uh, burden of the repercussions that may come from that in the hands of a person who uh, who you consider more wise and more 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 qualified and, and so forth and he or she then um, is uh, left with the uh, decision to make, and if they're a credible person, and 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 and, um, and, and then certainly they they'll, they'll do the needful, which which very well may be to um, you know depending on the circumstances, point out a behavior pattern in someone that. Um, uh, that others devote uh, some devotee that other devotees should be aware of Hmm? Um, so it's hard to say about the specifics but I think that's kind of my general answer does that help okay what else
1: Yes. I'm not sure if it's a question but maybe you could say something about it. I, I'm reading Gopal um, Temple, and uh, this section where Udava comes to um, speak with Gopis so from like material, psychological point of view, whatever he says makes total sense and it seems like it's so it makes so much no sense uh, with regard to real spiritual life. It was just my okay. situation, so I was like wondering about that, uh, mm-hmm. how the uh, advice and material world seems uh, totally not much to what you would um, in the
0: minds of people who live in spiritual realm well um, to be honest with you it's something that I've, I've I've got on my list for a long time to um, go into in depth Uddhava's delivering message to the gopis and to, to, to Braja in general, he speaks to the parents of of Krishna and, and, and gopis primarily um, and um and I wanted to lecture on it as well, but I haven't been able to move it up, you know, on the uh, uh, ladder of things I want to do to the point to, that I have looked into it deeply enough to give a really comprehensive answer of all that's going on there. But I, I think that what you're saying, excuse me, is that, is that uh, Uddhava is, is giving counsel to the gopis that makes sense from a Sadaka's point of view and and it's more of a gyan point of view also um, like you shouldn't lament what can be done uh, things are not we're not in control God's in control uh, and uh, therefore we should you know don't cry don't lament <laughs> These kind of basic Uh, Very wise and uh, spiritually grounding, foundational um, ideas that at the same time have no place when addressing the condition of the gopis that looks like a condition that warrants that type of address and instruction, but is entirely different. To give an example uh, that you may be familiar with, uh, in the case of Ngorlila, we find that um, Madhavendra Puri, when he was passing away, he openly lamented Ai he, a beautiful verse of his, um, self-composed, uh, of intense lamentation and separation um, in the mood of Radha hmm. and uh, one of his disciples what was his name? Ramchandra Puri Ram uh, two of his well-known disciples in, 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 at that time who, who were Ishwarpuri who was taking care of him personally and Ramchandra Puri happened to be around I guess and they were opposites in, in their mentality and understanding. Anyway, so Puri told Gurudev, this is not the time to lament. You're dying now. Yeah. And he started to give him like basic Bhagavad Gita instructions and so forth. right? So this, he told him, get this guy away from me, basically. And he became a fault finder who found fault in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm. Even. Mahaprabhu was faultless in his execution of the sannyas dharma to the point that great, powerful, older, stalwart sannyasis were frightened by the measure of his adherence to the sannyas dharma. Meanwhile, Ramchandra Puri said, You know, I went near that Chaitanya place there, and uh, you know what I saw? I saw a lot of ants. So obviously, the guy's eating too many sweets. Otherwise why would there be ants there? It's the example of just like finding fault to find fault, like you well, know, you gotta be you know, there's <laughs> there's more ants, more species of ants than there are people on earth. Hmm? So <laughs> So um yeah, that became his fate. He became a fault finder of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and and Ishvapuri became the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they got different results and how they, you know, stemming from how they, well, their understanding of their guru, obviously. So, at any rate, uh, it's a similar kind of idea. I mean, Uddhava no fault finder in any way, no offender in any way. But, you, you know, the the, the the larger part of the story is that, while it appears ostensibly that Uddhava is sent to instruct the gopis, Uddhava was sent to be instructed by the gopis, about the nature of brudge hmm? and in the context of the bhagavatam it's a way of telling us that this brudge place is off the map scriptural map it, it's because Uddhava knew he was Shastravit so he knew all the Shastras he was he was Krishna's Shastric advisor so I mean, you've got to be pretty well-read hmm? and acquainted. Um, Andy was a devotee and a very dear devotee to Krishna, also. But what hap- what's going on in Braj, That's another thing altogether. He, he his head was spinning to see that. That that's the message, you know, that the Bhagavatam is giving to us, right? What is the nature of the of Bruges bhakti? Hmm. And and showcasing it so uh, and of course you can look uh, I I know I haven't done this uh, in in a long time but I'm sure you can look at the uh, uh, instructions of Udova and you can find layered implications in the words that enable the gopis to draw out meanings of their own from them and repeat them back to him as it says is this what you meant and you know it's kind of like again to go to the Mahaprabhu uh, asked Keshava Bharati is this the mantra that you're going to give me and whispered it in his ear with a Vaishnava conception of that uh, maha, one of the Mahabhakyas of the Upanishads it's the sannyas mantra in the in the, uh, the uh, Advaita Sampradaya Advaita lineages and we and it has a Vaishnava interpretation, so with that feeling and realization of the implication of the mantra, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu whispered it in the ear of Geshe Rupardi and then he had epiphany and he said, yeah that, that's the mantra and then he repeated it back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is the idea, right? Uh, that, uh, that story comes initially from Murray Gupta, the very first uh, biographer of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was, a per, a person, who was per, the one who was personally um, with him. Hmm. The only other personal one who, who lived with him uh, was Kavi Karnapur, but he was just a young, 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 very young boy. Hmm. He was remarkable, even in his, his, his youth, even in his childhood, by the grace of Mahaprabhu. But uh, but, at any rate, uh, something like that, so Uddhava heard back the gopis kind of interpreting his instruction on such a high level that dismissed the level that it speaks to ostensibly on or on its surface hmm? um, It's basically that you're not the body, and you know so you know what, what how Brudge is characterized as having no ear for for that stuff. Um, in the sense that in the context of the Leela, they're just village people, and they're just attached to one another and their cows and and their place, and they have no ear for it, like ordinary ordinary people. <laughs> but of course, they're all ears and all eyes, and every other of their senses is entirely fixated on. Uh, on, on Krishna and uh, engaged in, in, in his service like I've said before they may do Artik to, to Narayan but their minds are on Krishna like ordinary people <laughs> minds might be on their kids while they're doing Artik, but here the, the children the child is, 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 is Krishna so I mean this is just like very very charming but it's like from a gyan point of view it's just like, you know, like I often say, you, 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 when I give lectures sometimes to um, a general audience with some spiritual inclination, which obviously they'd have to come to listen to me in the first place, it's easy to go from names, forms, the variety. That we experience—it's all illusory. It's all derived from imperfect senses and and, and uh, determinations on the part of the mind, and it it distances us from one another. And there's something within all of us that's really us that we have in common, and so it's easy. And then you want to go from there and say, and then there's differentiation and there's bias, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and forms, and, uh, you know, that's when, it's kind of like, put that on, it's like a little icing on the top, and are there any questions? <laughs> Hopefully they got, you know, something with me, like they're three quarters of a lecture, you know, about that lower part, and then somehow you have to take it there, you know, the full measure, but it's, you know, that, that takes quite a few lectures to get. To start to digest. Well, what's what's really being said there, and so forth, right? So, um, I mean, it's it's it, and and this is the case for um, the the Bhagavatam and what it really says with regard to not just some people, you know, coming to a yoga lecture, you know who do yoga once a once a week or something like but the big jnanis, Therefore, like Sugadeva is such a central a person to the story of the Bhagavatam. He was what no Jnani could uh, construe to be other than having attained the perfection of their their pursuit. He was an Atmaram. Hmm? He, he, he 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 was born and left home. No some scars, no, no nothing, he didn't go through any Rituals, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. He, he traveled naked, oblivious to the external conditions and so forth. So you have these nagababas up in the Himalayas with their long hair and what we call them dreadlocks and so forth, and they, they cover themselves with ashes. They're called nagababas, by the way. Um, we were speaking about the Naga people, but um, the, 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 that's supposed to be, you know, something like like Suggadev Goswami. Hmm. They're nothing like Sukadev Goswami. I mean, I know there was this one guy who used to walk one year. We were in Brindaban. He used to walk around naked in the streets of Brindaban, and Brind- Brindaranya was unfortunately on the same block. Blonde-haired, you know, young lady from from America. And he came, went, start running after her. naked sadhu, right? You know, uh, and other people uh, stop him and and beat him, whatever. You know, she she got away. <laughs> so um, some of those nagababs are really mean too. They're like tantric, and anyway, maybe good ones amongst them. But any, but at any rate, I'm off on a tangent there. But Sugadev is the epitome of spiritual perfection with regard to the Gyan Marg, Yoga Marg. And he turned from that because Itam Bhutu Gunohari, such were the qualities of Hari. I posted this thing, some of you might saw it uh, uh, on the Facebook. I I said that... that, um, Brahman, and I looked at it etymologically, etymologically you can derive, to, derive a couple of meanings from the word Brahman. Hmm. That it, it, it's, it's great, and it's uh, like like ever-increasing, something like that. So the question I posed, which was rhetorical, was it, was that if Brahman is great and ever-increasing, how can it be Nerviseish? attribute list those are attributes the very words says hmm, these are that it has attributes hmm. and of course I'm speaking in a broad sense Brahman meaning the absolute we also acknowledge a non-differentiated feature of the absolute we call Brahman differentiated from Bhagwan and Paramatma but in a broader sense Krishna is Brahman hmm. and that's kind of the broad way in which it's it's uh, the term is used in the Upanishads or in the Vedanta Sutra and so forth. Mm-hmm. You get to the Puranas and it's you know, broken down a little bit. and you, know, you find words like Bhagavan and you might find Paramatma somewhat in the Upanishads. But at any, but at any rate, uh, it's Atman Brahman, Atman Brahman. So, uh, you know, it was just kind of a... I liked it, you know, idea. So some... Really, um, without realizing it, insulting person got on there, and all he could say was, "Words uh, get in the way."
1: Hmm.
0: He didn't say it, but but it's true. I wanted to say, there's an old song, I love you, but the words got in the way. Um, so, duh. I mean, we know that. We know that the absolute is beyond words. But that's that. That's not what we're talking about right here. We're talking about the etymological implications of the word Brahman and what that could say to us about its nature. Hmm? And so, you know, I had to point out a thousand times to this fellow, we we know that, but there are words that nonetheless have power. Hmm? Right? Because they're spoken by persons who have the experience that you say is beyond words, and then they're using words to try to convey it to us. Those words have power. They shouldn't be ignored. Hmm? and he just kept saying it in so many different ways that you know were as if the, the, the words uh books weren't you know where you would find it you find it within hmm. which you learn from a book you know i mean you know it was so it was so like silly but he was so like sure that he was making such a profound point that no one was getting it you know i mean <laughs> It was it was and it was rather insulting because he was saying, "You guys are just here and talking about words, and I have gone within. That's what I've learned. So you should just go within." And you know, then what are you doing on here talking? You know, what I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's full of um, contradictions, right? Now, I'm not sure how I got to this point here, where I got off on this tangent, but, um, but, uh, but at any rate, I, I also went on to say that not only are there words that despite the fact that they don't capture the Absolute, are empowered, and it can help us to go beyond words, there are also words in the Absolute. What about that? That's what we're saying. There are words in the Absolute. We can say there, that the Absolute is beyond words, and therefore... What he seemed to be saying is, we shouldn't be saying anything, which begs, you know, uh, the question. Well, what are you doing here? Well, what are you talking for? You know, but to say, okay, as we do, the absolute is beyond words. Therefore, there's not enough that you can say about it. So this, you just got to keep talking about it. This, uh, which must be more than just neversage. Hmm? But beyond that, as I say, there are words about Brahman. That are useful, like Brahman, and there are words in Brahman. What about that? Hmm? Hmm. And a, and a name doesn't have to be different from the named, right? There's Nirguna Nam. Gopal Tapani says this is the mantra. The mantra is non-different than the form of form of Krishna, and so forth. But I mean, he had no, you know, he's one of those like. Neo Advaitin quacks with with no guru who's read a little bit here and there, and you know, oh, frustrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess the point I was making is that Itam hmm. such are the qualities of Hari that Sugadev, hmm, who is beyond words, beyond study of books, who's beyond books. Hmm, By every possible measure, Hmm? Um, outside of Prem Bhakti, which is this hidden secret, you know, beyond the book almost idea, he had arrived. Hmm? He had arrived. So, what use did he have for words? What use did he have for a book? Hmm. it's just a very powerful, powerful question, right, so central to the Bhagavatam and the answer is such are the qualities of Hari hari. Hmm? that they they are the words in Brahman and the movement in Brahman the charm, the beauty of Brahman that that, that, now we move from from the well-known fourth goal of life, moksha. Dharma, artha, kama, moksha. Dharma only has value in as much as it leads to moksha. Hmm. The Bhagavatam says something else. Dharma only has value as much as it leads to ruchi, for bhakti, for Krishna. And it doesn't, so it has no value. Something like that. That's <laughs> basically what it was. Kind of stepping on the head of varnashram dharma and asserting the Parodharma, uh, the, 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 the pramadharma of of, of uh, the Bhagavad's dispensation, Chaitanya Dev's dispensation. Um, so the point being that um, the, the the Bhagavatam is speaking not to like novice yoga students, but to realized or advanced, even even. Um, uh, Jivan Muktas, who, who who everybody thinks they've arrived Bhagavatam saying you, you gotta study <laughs> you're just you're, you haven't even started here huh? you're you're just in, in first base here, you know so that's just it's uh, it's uh and you know we've come to be a little accustomed. To these ideas, we've heard about them and so forth, but they're 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 quite extraordinary. Hmm? They're quite extraordinary, hmm? um, theologically speaking. If you look at the diverse um, schools of Hinduism, you know, which really are basically karma, jnana, yoga, and bhakti, and bhakti is probably the most misunderstood. Because the popular Karma Marg or less popular but but still um, more known and uh, understood for what it is Yoga Marg or Gyan Marg Hmm? Bhakti is very much, by Rupa Goswami's explanation of Ananya-bhakti, is not understood. It's a common word, bhakti, and and, 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 and so forth. But but from uh, the point of view of Ananya-bhakti, and of Praj-bhakti, and Rag bhakti hmm, which is the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, The general idea of bhakti is just basically a misunderstanding. You know, bhakti, uh, yoga mixed with some bhakti. Mix some bhakti into your gyan, you know. Um, I mean, these are like just not what we're talking about. Hmm? Bhakti as a means, uh, you know, to mukti. And then it's retired, these kind of ideas. Um, Those are the more popular understandings of bhakti. Even amongst people who like the Bhagavatam, read and to pastimes of Krishna and so forth, you can find ninety nine point nine percent of them are have some Mayavada idea of what it's what it's all about. You they, they, they don't understand the Bhagavatam at all. Hmm. so we're actually in a very rare kind of position to be Come acquainted with these ideas, to embrace these ideas. We we don't really understand you know, as, as as little as we've developed in terms of applying them and so forth. Still, we are in a very, very fortunate uh, 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 position. That's why someone who who knows that will will be more generous in his characterization of of, of our of ourselves and where we're at. Hmm? And prop would say something like, "All my disciples are pure devotees." You know. I think. What's he talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, th- those kind of uh, statements you can you can find. This this is this is the the reason. So, um, what was it? What was your question that we were on? Mm-hmm. Oh, Uddhava, right? So, I mean, Uddhava is being sent to Braj to get. I mean, he 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 didn't. The message that he delivered. As he understood it, had had no capacity to pacify the Gopis. Therefore, they had to interpret his message in a way that they got something from it, and and that he got uh, educated, and so that that's what the, that's what the story is about. That's what the, another way in which the Bhagavatam is telling us what is the nature of braj bhakti through Uddhava. Another reason why he's dear. Right, hmm. having had that experience, he was qualified to be the Siksha Guru of Gopakumar in Dwarka. Hmm. Told him how to get how to get the bradge.
1: Hmm.
0: So yeah, it's a, it's a good section. I, would, I wanted to do a series on, on that at, at some point. I I hoped to to get to it. So Madhurya Rasa um, would be. Yeah. Uh, Series, but it has this broader implication that we're addressing tonight that's very important, significant, and and, and, and uh, charming, inspiring. Hmm. I remember that when I, uh, before I was initiated, I read the story of Uddhava going to Vrindavan. Hmm. I, I, what I understood of it at the time is quite, not quite as much as I understand of it now. I remember where I was and everything where I first read the story of Uddhava in Prabhupada's Krishna book I had a big big, one of the big volumes Uddhava Jika Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's the time? anything else? yes Giuriaj, Gijay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my own experience is that usually I always see him alone, worship alone. Yeah. And the first time I saw with violent
1: is an altar. Uh-huh. And we were in Guru plane and also with Mahabhabu came to uh and explained how to worship the Why what? Vadarani is sometimes there are two uh
0: Shina. Yeah. One is Krishna and the other is Vandalani. Some people worship like that, yeah. So, you Um well uh the worship of Giriraj is uh, is something that I- that predates uh Gauri Vaishnavism. Um <laughs> in that uh, I'll tell you a story about that one of my God brothers he was uh, sannyasi and he this was before the Chaitanya Charitamrita was ever published in English he had two little stones from Govardhan he brought them to Prabhupada and he said Prabhupada in the in the Brahmanda Purana it's mentioned that the stones of Govardhan are worshipable hmm. It's a pretty obscure reference, and uh, he had no idea of how central the worship of Govardhan was to the extent, for example, that Mahaprabhu himself worshipped the Govardhan-shila. Hmm? And he gave it to Raghunath Das, the Prayojan Tatvacharya, and told him how to worship and so forth, but he had no understanding. So Prabhupada it must have been quite humorous for him to hear that. He said, well, really? Well, then, I guess that must be so. Hmm? It says in the Purana. So then he showed Prabhupada the stones, and Prabhupada picked one of them up and said, yes, yes, they're worshipable. And then he gave them back to that man. And years later, that sannyasi, just when I left Iskcon, I met him somewhere. He was still in Iskcon. He said, I I, I want to give you something. So I went to see him that night, and he told me the story. And he said, these are the two shilas. This is the one Prabhupada picked up, and this is the other one that he looked at. I'm keeping the one he picked up, and I'm giving you the one that he looked at, because I know you will take care of him, so, we have that Sheila in California, so, um, and, uh, it just so happened then, that I was just at the time, coming under the, uh, uh, into the Association of Pujapachita Maharaj, and so, I was on my way to California, to meet devotees who were, had opened the first center for, uh, uh, under his guidance, and when I, when I got there, they were talking about the fact that Shida Marsh had advised that sannyasis who wanted to worship deities should have a Govardhan Shila. Hmm. And so I said, "Hey, I got one right here, as a matter of fact. And then they said, oh, you don't have the, but you don't have the Gunja hmm. So Gunjamala, Gunja is this type of bead, uh, it's kind of a bean that's turned into a bead, And it's typically like white, red, and black. Hmm. They have white ones, red ones, black ones. Or some of them are mixed and so forth. So it's kind of like black. And people look at Krishna, Radha, and the red is the rag. Hmm. Uh, Their love for one another. But uh, Krishna wears them. Cowards wear them and so forth. It's kind of a forest decoration. It's said that Krishna wears... A, a armlet of of the white ones only,
1: mm-hmm.
0: representing his love for Radharani, whose complexion is fair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so nice um, spiritual anecdote there, but um, but Mahaprabhu he would worship the stone on. And when he would worship the go- stone Govardhan, he would put a necklace of gunja beads, a gunja mala, around his neck. So he would put that, that on, and we worship the stone. And the way he would worship the stone, you know, you, you bathe the stone, and so he would weep. This was his worship of the stone. So um, he gave the stone and the mala, Gunjamala mala, to Raghunathas Goswami, and told him a simple way of of worshiping. It really was saying worship of the stone is just given is done with the whole heart. It's ragmarg Deity and so forth, so um, It's um, it's fairly typical to find worship of Giraj as Krishna and garlanded with the Gunjamala Hmm. Hmm. Um, Representing Radha representing Radha Ragnadas Goswami says through the words of Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami and Chaitanya Charitamrita that when I received the Govardhan Shila from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I understood that I was given a place of eternal residence at Govardhan. My place, this is like Siddha Pranali. My implication is my place is at Govardhan. Mm -hmm. And when he gave me the Gunjamala I understood it to mean, in the service of Radha. Mm -hmm. So, it's common, therefore, to worship in that way. Now, without any scriptural reference that I'm aware of, there is a custom also of... Because some of the stones that go around will be white or light complected and some will be dark. So there, there, there's a custom that you may find where you'll find that, that, that a devotee or a temple has collected a white and a dark one and they see them as Radha and Krishna. Hmm? Um, that's uh, I would my experience—that's not that common in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but it, it might be more common in in Braj, where you're going to find forms of worship and so forth that are not necessarily found in scripture, but people do and whatnot. Um, you know, the idea that, that 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 Govardhan is Krishna is clearly um, pointed out in the Govardhan Leela. Where Krishna becomes, shows himself to be non-different from the hill, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but the idea that the that Govran hill is Radha is, is not really any evidence to that effect that that, that, that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, and Mahavu told, as I say, Ragnar Das to worship, you know, the deity is, uh, is Govran as is, 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 is Krishna. He told him that also. You should worship Govardhan as Krishna himself. Hmm? So, worship Govardhan as Radha, it, 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 I don't know, it doesn't um, play out that well in in my um, conceptualization, uh, if you will. Um, but I don't go around criticizing people that, that, that do that. I've never met anybody that did, but I, I, I did go to one temple once, I think it was at Radha Gukulana, and they had a... A large size Govardhan, one on this side dark, and one on that side. And it was not on the altar, but in the temple room. They looked at it like that, so fine. Um, but um, the idea of worshipping a stone from Govardhan as Krishna and another one as Balaram has more uh, scriptural Uh, precedent, and makes more theological uh, sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I should step back for a moment and mention that in the Venu Gita, we find the gopis are glorifying the flute of Krishna, and um, different gopis are speaking, and the acharyas have identified in radha said this and, uh, and maybe this gopi said that so there's a statement said attributed to radha where she glorifies govardhan as the best servant of hari hmm? well so there while he is krishna he's also been identified in the Bhagavatam as the best servant of krishna in gopal champu um Jiva Goswami lists so many ways in which Govardhan serves Krishna that corresponds with like the 64 items of worship that are in the classical and full, like, morning puja of the deity. Hmm? Offering the mirror and the uh, achman and argya and uh, bathing and lamp. And so he speaks poetically about all the different... Features of Govardhan and how they correspond with that. Hmm. So he's kind of looks at it like there's this this is, there's this vaidi bhakti embedded within the rag bhakti, so to speak. You know, in other words, rag bhakti is beyond this. Whatever is found in vaidi bhakti and more is found in uh, in braj. Kind of idea, but it's but it's it's a way in which he plays out that verse bhagavatam uttered by Radharani that Govardhan is the best servant hmm? um, and so now you have Govardhan is Krishna and Govardhan is, is also a devotee of, of Krishna, It can be looked at from, from different angles hmm? now when you look at Balaram, he's Krishna and he's a devotee of Krishna he's Krishna, very peculiar because he is Bhagwan, hmm? but he is in the mood of a servant of Bhagwan, so he, Krishna's looked as 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 Bhagwan, the Bhagwan who is served, and Balaram Savaka Bhagawan, the Bhagwan who's serving. Hmm? In their you know tandem, a team, twins, so you have both sides. in Balaram is object of worship and love and Sakurasa and he's Example of the ideal of that love also He's almost like Bhagawan functioning as a Shakti in that regard and then as a Shakti man accepting worship doing worship and so As we've heard Govardhan has a dual Role, right? Um One contemporary preacher made the argument that Radharani is saying Govardhan is the best servant, therefore Govardhan must be a Manjari because the Manjaris are the best servants. I don't know if he said that fully or he implied something like that, and then some of his students started worshipping Girirani. Hmm. They call Giriraj as a Manjari. Hmm so, um someone had asked me about that, and I addressed it at some point and i and I think that group officially backed off from that uh position, not not because of me necessarily but or anything but but i would say for good for good reasons mm-hmm. uh well, rumor's never instructed that I do like that you know he may have said, but something like that, but you know but the, so um however. I cited, paraphrasing the other day, a Praman from Rupa Goswami in Dandkeli, Komori, where the gopis turn to Govardhan and compare him to an Seish. Because Govardhan is a long hill like this, stretched out over a long distance, right? And so there are many peaks, It's not like this, like our mountain. There's one peak, so there's many peaks. So they looked and they saw, oh, this looks like an antithesis. He has many heads. Hmm? And what does he do? He serves as a playground,
1: Hmm?
0: a place for relaxing, playing. That's how Vishnu is depicted. He's just playing. He's just taking it easy, resting on his arm, right? Hmm? Lakshmi massaging his feet. And Seish is the playground, the bedstead. So, they said, here is Giriraj. He is a better Anananta Sesh because there are his heads and he's offering a playground for Narayan in the form of Krishna, something like that. So, that's the implication of what they're saying. So, there's, there's evidence there for, from Rupa Goswami, he's a pretty good pramana, right, from his drama that there's, uh, it's uh, theologically acceptable to look at Govardhan as a manifestation of Balaram, who, furthermore, presides over the Sundini Shakti and manifests the Dham in the service of Krishna. So, um, he is kind of the... expands the Dham, so that includes... Govardhan. Now, further on, to conclude, in eleventh canto of Bhagavatam, Vishvanatha Cakravarti Thakur makes a statement in his commentary. I forget the verse, but number, but uh, he, the comment is that 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 in Brindaban, Govardhan, now looked at from the point of view as a devotee, is in Sakirasa. So, therefore, there's some scope, theologically um, speaking, and from a russic point of view, of worshipping two stones from Godan as Krishna and Balaram. We're fortunate to have a light in the dark one here, and so that's what comes to our mind. You worship them accordingly, and since we've been worshipping them like this, look what happened. Krishna and Balaram appeared in their full forms. Right above them is Daujikopal. Came out of the rocks one day. And there they are. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> Bring all the pilgrims here. <laughs> they want to donate for that story. <laughs> uh, they can't see the miracle itself, they, it's a, they have to kind of extend it. <laughs> Sisi Raji Gopal Raj jai, Raju Govardhan ke jai, Gaur Bhaktavrinda ke jai, Gaur Premanandi, Hidipu.